Welcome everybody to MarTech Interviews. I have on the line with me, Mark Schaefer. This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your host is Douglas Carr. I know I always say that I have a special guest on the line, but today is a mentor, friend, uh, incredible speaker, author, uh, consultant, you name it. I have on the line with me, Mark Schaefer. And (laughs) co-podcast host. Yeah. And co-host. Yeah. You're the, you're the star though. I'm just the, I feel like the, uh, I don't know, the Adam and Costello, you know, you're the... I don't know which one I am, but well, we'll do, you know, we, we do this uh, luminaries thing together for, for Dell, which we've enjoyed. But the reason I brought you on is because you're the smart one. <laughs> I just understand the tech talk. I don't huh? know anything about this tech. And we're talking all these, you know, edge computing. I'm going, huh? Yeah, (laughs) you're you get it. I I know that you're playing right now, but it is. I really feel like the one uh, for everybody out there. Mark called me and asked me to to help him on that, and I am forever indebted because it is a fascinating dive into technology. Truly is, truly is. Yeah, and to see to see the things that are getting developed, you know, five years from now, ten years from now. And, and the, uh, I think the, the piece at which these and pace at which innovation happens with these companies is pretty, it's pretty inspiring. Inspiring, overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scary, but they, energizing. But they act, they act like it's nothing though. They yeah. act like this is just, you know, this is just another day and uh, yeah. they're literally changing the world. Yeah, I think you need to have a, a special mentality for, for for that. I was talking to a guy today around the pace of technological change, and he said, "I love it." He said, "I I just love it." I, you know, I'm kind of there too. I mean, it's can, I can't imagine a more fun time to be in marketing and business because it's it's absolutely changing every day. It's, yeah. an, it's an intellectual challenge, but I like intellectual challenges. I do too. I tend to get bored if I'm just shoved in a cubicle and, you know, told to do the same thing over and over again. I just can't yeah. do, I can't survive in that, in that way. So yeah. Nothing, I, I, nothing boring about our world. No, that's for sure. And let's, let's talk about uh, our world. Uh, Mark, uh, like I said, you know, before has had a huge impact on, on me. I've gotten to see you speak a couple of times. Uh, obviously I'm co-host with you, but I mean, going and seeing you speak and do a keynote uh, or a session is just incredible because you put so much effort and work into the content that you're bringing to people. Um, and, and your books are all just incredible. Um, Thank you. That's nice of you I, to say. I, well, I really mean it. I mean the the latest the latest known. Uh, I mean, I probably bought ten copies of that for different people wow. uh, because because I looked at my my evolution over the last ten years and kind of breaking into the business and everything else, and it was all mistakes. You know, yeah. I made mistakes here and I made mistakes there, and and it was actually the the it was my kids that inspired me to start buying the book for everybody. I wow. read that book and I said. My God, when my kids are asking me these questions, 
this is the guide. This is it. Well, yeah, it's it really the known book is probably my best professional work. And the reason uh, I say that is because the feedback you're giving me is something that I hear all the time. I've written six books. I'm working on a seventh, but the other books, people say, oh, I really like it. It helped my business. And this book, they say, this has changed my life. And like you, I fumbled around and stumbled around trying to find my path on the web to how, how I wanted to be known in my field. Today, to be known, that is a permanent and sustainable competitive advantage. But how do you do it? And eventually, I kind of figured it out. And um, what's happened, Doug, um, is when I wrote the book, I interviewed nearly 100 people for this book. I found people who were known in their field all across the world in many different fields. And I found that all of them did sort of the same four things to get there. So I found this process. I found this path. And on average, it took them about two and a half years for their brand to really tip and them to see, start to really see the benefits. Now, mm-hmm. after the book came out, people started coming up to me four or five months after the, they read the book saying, I'm seeing immediate results. This has changed my business. This has changed my life. I just started this business because of you and look what's happening. I just won this award. I just won these new customers. Some lady came up to me and said, I have made a million dollars off your book. Wow. And I'm I'm thinking, I made $5 off of you. (laughs) (laughs) But what I couldn't uh, come to grips with at first was when I interviewed these people, why did it take them so long? Now, people who read my book, it just didn't seem possible they were seeing results so fast until they realized the people that I interviewed hadn't read my book. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm, is I'm compressing the learning curve. I'm saying you don't have to fumble around like I did or like you did, Doug, for a couple of years trying to figure out and make all these mistakes. Here's what you do. It's what everybody does. Eventually, they figure it out. So you don't have to fumble around and stumble around. Here's the path. And it's really having a profound impact on people. Well, and I think I think it's always easier to, you know, utilize a playbook. I, I've read, you know, there's a there's quite a few personal branding books out there, especially, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on digital. And mm-hmm. I and I've I've read, you know, probably six or seven of them, and they're all good. But it's you know, hey, try this, or I did this, or try that, or you know, you might want to do this and this is what guerrilla marketing is called. And, you know, Hey, did you ever try to call up the CEO of, <laughs> you know, and all those, all those kind of personal anecdotes, but nothing, none of those actually had kind of a step-by-step process, you know, to really, uh, you know, what you're doing here in, in my opinion is, you know, it's almost like a, a brand marketing, yeah. you know, you're sitting there and saying, do the research, yeah. sit down and really think hard about this. Yeah. You know, and then here's a plan to execute once you have all of those pieces in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's exactly right. Because I, like you, saw how much was out there about personal branding. And I 
when I started my research, you know, I wasn't sure that the world needed another book like this. And, and the reason I started is because so many people were asking me questions like, you know, how do I start a speaking career? How do I get this board position someday? How do I speak, you know, teach at a university someday? How do I, you know, write a book someday? And I said, you know, the answer to all those questions is, well, you really have to be known. And then I started struggling with, can anybody be known? How do you do that today? And when I did the research and I consumed every book, every blog post, every video I could um, to try to see what was out there. And it, and it really was very fluffy. It was not based on research. I didn't think it was really based. It's like you said, there were a lot of anecdotes, but that's not necessarily scalable. Exactly. And, and I wanted to find out for myself, could this be done? You know, could this be done? Can anybody follow a process? And um, as I started going down this rabbit hole and listening to people, how they became known, indeed, yes, there is a way, there is a process. You know, everybody kind of goes through the same path. So I just kind of codified that. And I'm a teacher in my heart and I teach at Rutgers University and you know, I, I just didn't want people to put this book down and forget about it. So the book is filled with exercises. There's a workbook that goes with it because I want to give everybody the chance, every chance possible to make this work, because, you know, and, and, and help them achieve their goals, whatever that might be, you know, speaking or writing or raising money for a charity. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you my favorite part of the book uh, is the chapter where you say you might not want to do this. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the weirdest self help book ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but because I, I spend a whole chapter saying maybe this isn't for you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but that's that's it, right? You're not saying okay, this is the playbook for everybody on earth to be able to get known because that's impossible, you know? Right, but. But, you know, you're, you're literally saying, you know, here's, here's, here's the downside of it. And here's the tough part of it that may change your mind. And I really love that too, because I well, think there's a yeah. lot of people out there that they, when, when they get into it, they're not too happy about it. I think that it's something that bothers me about our world is that it's so filled with hype and, and balloons and, and unicorns and rainbows that look, you know, if you can dream it, you can be it and follow your dream. And the world just doesn't necessarily work that way. And, you know, you, when you see your Facebook stream, um, just filled with all these, you know, self-help little, I call them the rainbow bombs, you know, just little, you know, and even like, you know, Seth Godin gets into it sometimes. I mean, one time Seth said something like, you, you have no excuse. You need to be remarkable. The world is giving you so many opportunities. And I, and I just think about some of the people who I admire the most are, you know, taking care of uh, an autistic child or taking care of sick parents or, or, or serving our country in terrible circumstances overseas someplace away from their family or they're suffering because they're trying to get through a disease or a financial setback. And they are perfectly wonderful, 
heroic, amazing people, even though they may not be seen as remarkable in the eyes of social media or Seth Godin. And that drives me nuts. Now, I, I don't, totally agree. I don't want people to make excuses, but I recognize it may not be your time. Your time may come. And, and so I wanted to address that honestly and forthrightly in the book to say this, you know, some of this stuff is hard. Some of this stuff takes time, dedication, and consistency. And you, you, you can't start it and quit. You, you know, you, nothing's going to happen in this world if you write three blog posts. You got to write you know, a blog post a week for maybe three years for something to really tip. That's the right. kind of expectation you need to have. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I'm, I'm a very practical and honest person, and I think that comes through in the book. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. You know, I, I, I see it with my own kids, and, and I know you've got spectacular uh, we we have actually we should probably brag we have something in common mm-hmm. we 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 both have these innovative um, exceptional children yeah and they're they're almost parallels yeah they really are they really are <laughs> they really are they're they're ex- exception we need to get those kids together and there will be some cataclysmic thing that happens in the <laughs> on the earth I think. Yeah, and it's uh, Mark's son is a musician and has developed uh, incredible circuitry, basically for uh, for guitars, right? Yeah, you for know, new for, guitar pedals. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then his daughter is PR and event management. Is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so my daughter is PR and event management, and my son is a musician. And he's a data scientist. Yeah. And so, so wacky yeah. world we live in. It's a in. parallel universe. <laughs> so, so, and congratulations on that too. I, I always tell people I have great kids despite my parenting. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mark, Mark is also a co-host of an incredible podcast that I would absolutely highly recommend. And that's The Marketing Companion uh, with Tom Webster. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you guys have been doing that for years now, right? We just had our fifth anniversary show. The Congratulations. Fifth, an- the fifth anniversary show came out uh, this week. It was a star-studded spectacular. <laughs> uh, but we but we had a lot. We have a lot of fun. And uh, one of the things they did on our fifth anniversary show is that we 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 try to crack each other up, and we have we come up with these funny little bits. On the program, uh, we 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 say that this is the most entertaining business podcast because we just laugh so much. But there was one episode that we did where literally we were laughing so hard we couldn't speak. <laughs> there was wow. like de- there was like dead air because we were just trying. <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't get it together. And we were we were reviewing the worst apps in the world. These are real apps that we found. And oh no! And one of the apps was called Hang Time, where it records how high you can throw your smartphone. <laughs> wow! It's the dumbest app in the world. <laughs> and then the other one had another one had something to do with holding the button. It was a contest to see if you could hold the button on your phone longer than other people. And it's just, the, and these were real apps, and and right. we just we just laughed so hard, and uh, I, I I hope the audience is laughing around, laughing with us because we sure have a lot of fun. 
Well, and it's and it's two uh, again. You know, it's two guys on there that have incredible backgrounds in in marketing. Of course, you know Tom with research uh, years from an education standpoint. Uh, so it's a it's a powerful combination as well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well done. All right, and and then um, I one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today was. Uh, and it's been bugging me, and I think it bugs you too. Is we've already talked about a couple of things that bug bug us, but uh, <laughs> but when we're talking about marketing, I really feel one of my jobs as uh, uh, an older leader, I guess, in the industry, is to really educate young people on doing the hard work ahead mm, of time mm. and doing doing the research, doing, you know, looking at the competition, talking to your audience uh, or your, or your customers or your prospects. And really uh, to, in my opinion, that's half the work mm-hmm. and, and, and then, you know, developing a strategy and executing that strategy and then going back to the drawing board and, and doing it all over again. And it seems like the, when digital marketing came into play, we forgot some of that. And I see a lot of marketers start at execution mm. and, and, and then they fail miserably or they spend a lot of money and they're not able to see the results. And then they blame, oh, social media just doesn't cut it or, you know, blogging doesn't work or, you know, or whatever it is. And, and I see it's most of the time it's that they didn't put in that front end work. Any thoughts? Well, it's it's not just young people. It's it's one of the chronic conditions of the business world today is that everybody's looking for a a marketing easy button. They're they're depending too much on automation. They're over automating mm-hmm. things in stupid ways, frankly. They are depending too much on dashboards instead of getting out and talking to people and they're not looking they you know they're not looking at marketing as 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 marketing i mean some of the biggest successes in my life had nothing to do with social media or content or or facebook it had to do with an innovation in a product with a new way to package a product a new way to ship a product a new way to serve a customer in a new way. That's marketing. It's it's not just digital. And I was talking to the CEO of a wealth management company yesterday, and um, he had spent $100,000 over the last year and a half on digital marketing and didn't get one single lead. So, <laughs> he, so he, he, he bought some consulting time from me and he said, you know, I need your help on this. And so I looked at what he was doing. He was, now this is someone who's appealing to people that have a net value of like $5 million and above. So he's taking yep. out like, you know, Facebook ads. And I said, let me ask you something, sir. When was the last <laughs> time you bought anything from a Facebook ad? Well, I've never bought anything. He said, I don't even go on Facebook. I said, You've just answered your own question, right? Why do you? Why are you spending a hundred thousand dollars on digital marketing to to try to? No, no person worth five million dollars is going to click on an ad on Facebook and sign up for your services. Ain't gonna happen. And he said, "Well, he said my idea about digital marketing is it something I could it could just I could just outsource it and just run it on autopilot." 
And I said, I said, well, look, I said, here's the deal. You're looking for the easy button on marketing and there isn't one. So let's start over. And then we kind of broke things down and he said, okay, what you say makes sense. I, I understand, but we kind of had to just throw a bomb at what he was doing and start over where, you know, fish where the fish are. Who are your customers? Where are they? What do they need? How can you connect with them? And it turned out it really has nothing to do with social media. Yeah, I, it's a perfect example. Um, and it's a lot of times what I see in the business is that um, the hammer and nail method, right? That all these people have hammers. And so the nail is, yeah. you know, that's that's what they're selling to everybody. Right. And it's And sometimes you don't need a nail, mm-hmm. you know? And most of the time, you're just getting a screw. <laughs> I thought this was a, a family show. <laughs> it, was, it was up until today. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm I'm intrigued for everybody listening to uh, the books that that Mark has written. Of course, known, uh, and you can go to anybody can go to 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 Mark's website. He, he's got an incredible website with all of the podcasts, all of the books, uh, how to get a hold of him for speaking gigs, consulting, everything else. But uh, if you go to publications and look at Mark's books, um, known, of course, and along with the workbook, uh, the previous one, the content code, which was absolutely outstanding. I think that's the last time I had you on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, social media explained. Uh, the Tao of Twitter, which I think you've you've also up, updated the Tao Just, of Twitter, yeah, right? Br- brand brand new edition for this year, and also Social Media Explained has a new edition this year. Oh, fantastic! And then uh, and then Return on Influence, which is another one that I enjoyed thoroughly. And then your first one was Born to Blog. So uh, so be be sure to. I mean, what you've really got is all the courseware that someone needs. <laughs> I don't know why you're teaching classes. People yeah. should just buy these books and they'd be set. Well, you know, a lot of those books are are being used as texts in college classes. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, they the, should the be. content code, uh, known, social media explained are all being used as texts. I'm, I'm thinking maybe somewhere over 50 universities are using my books as, as texts. That's fantastic. And yeah. and so they should be. Um, and I heard you have an itch and you're getting ready to scratch it with another book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't really talked about it. I don't have a name for it yet even. Um, but my plan is that this would come out in um, early 2019. Um, I've spent the last uh, year and a half or so kind of getting this idea to coalesce to do uh, research on it and it, it's coming together and when I when I write a book um, I, I never have a plan to write a book I don't have a strategy to write a book but I when I see a big problem in our business um, then I get obsessed because I want to solve it because I'm a teacher and a consultant and I don't want to just say, oh, we have this big problem, too bad. Uh, I want to know how we get around it. And the problem that I see today everywhere, Doug, in big companies and small companies is that marketing is it's paralyzed. It's, it's mm. stuck. It's stuck. And businesses 
are they're they're being so ineffective many times and spending money on activities that just aren't going to work and there's a couple of themes a couple of reasons for this one i think people are really um have anxiety about the rate of change we already talked about people are over-reliant on technology they're over automating things i think there's paralysis because organizations are not nimble i'm working with a company now that uh built the social media department in 2010 and uh, it was they, they put out social media content and they've been putting out the same social media content since 2010. There's nothing in this world in marketing that has can work eight years. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. And, the, and, and, and but this is their job. So they do it, do it, do it. And all the people around them know none of this works. It's not working. Right. They're not getting any traction. They're not getting any engagement, but that's their job. And no one has really had the heart to disrupt this. And then the last one is, is that many leaders and organizations have grotesquely underestimated how technology has changed consumer behavior. Oh, yes. In fact, just yesterday, I put a comment on LinkedIn about, you know, how there was, there was this dramatic change and, and some, you know, some guy came in and he said, no, you know, we should stop calling things digital. Marketing is marketing. As long as you have messaging and you're advertising to your target audience, you're going to be okay. And that is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. That man is lost. He <laughs> is lost if he thinks marketing is marketing because the foundations of marketing are crumbling before our eyes. Everything we counted on for years, you know, advertising doesn't work like it used to. People, even if people see your ad, which they probably don't, they're not going to believe it. They trust right. in businesses, brands, and advertising is is declined ten years in a row. Um, social media doesn't work like it did three years ago. Content doesn't work like it did three years ago. Um, it, it, it just, and even I, I was seeing this study. There's like this backlash. On loyalty, people don't want to be loyal anymore. They want to show this, you know, this independence. And I'm thinking, holy crap! As a marketer, that's what I do. I try to make people loyal, and now you're telling me they don't want that. So the world is changing, and people departments aren't changing with it. And so that yeah. that's what I want to address in this book. I've can't come up, I think, with a process. Because I think the the problem is that people, uh, leaders, they're they're obsessed with technology instead of being obsessed with customers. They're putting the technology first. They're trying to figure out, oh, how do we implement blockchain, artificial intelligence, virtual reality, blah, 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 instead of saying, here are the stable human truths about our customers and their needs. We need to address those needs with our products and services better than anybody. How do we put technology in the service of those needs, not the other way around? So what I'm identifying in the book is what are those things that aren't going to change? What are those stable human truths that we can count on 
we don't have to be overwhelmed by technology. We need to, you know, we need to be connected to what's not going to change in these consumers and serve them in a better way with technology. I, I love that, uh, you know, as a, as a small piece of that, uh, we have customers that want us to implement marketing automation tools often. Mm-hmm. And so they, what do they do? They go to the Forrester wave. They look in the top <laughs> right quadrant, you know, right. and they, and they get RFPs from the three companies there. Yeah. And, and then they fail miserably and spend sometimes millions of dollars over the next year implementing. And they come to us and they say, I don't understand why this isn't, you know, why we're failing so poorly. And it's because of exactly what you just said. They never looked at the people, the processes, the culture, all of the pieces ahead of time, and then fit a piece of technology that matched what they already had in place. Uh, instead, they thought the solution was the technology. Yeah. And, uh, and instead of just enabling, you know, better behavior, you know, by the people within the organization. So yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's exactly true because there's almost like, like a fear of missing out, you know, yeah. that you're not, a, you're not a leader unless you're, you know, chasing the latest shining red ball, red ball about marketing technology and automation. And I'm not saying there's not a place for it. Absolutely. There is. Right. I think you can be a more human company with automation in some cases than with real humans. But, um, I, I think we need to stay centered. And my concern is that marketing is being turned into a glorified IT department and we're making decisions on, you know, AB testing and, and, you know, you know, my, my great example is, is, is pop-up ads or gated content. Everybody knows, every marketer knows people hate pop-up ads. They hate gated content, but, the IT department says it works. Yeah, but people hate it, right. but it works. But people hate it, but it works. Well, I think maybe the first rule in marketing is do what people love. Yeah. What do people love? Now go do that. That is a very controversial point of view. But I think that's that you know that's what's going to gain us trust. That's what's going to make us different because at the end, Doug, the most human company will win. I agree. Do you think some of that, Mark, is that, you know, when we look at that, you were mentioning before dashboards and analytics, what we're really looking at is short term, uh, very, very surface level statistics about a company's performance. And what we're missing in that is the deeper, you know, the much deeper uh, feeling about a brand and feeling about a company, the trust the love, mm-hmm. the authority, mm-hmm. the loyalty. You can't put that in the dashboard, can you? No. It takes years to see no. that. And, I, and, and again, I, I see this everywhere, just everywhere, that people are not getting out and talking to their customers. They're looking at a dashboard. And guess what? Your competitor is looking at the same dashboard. You're not going to distill any marketing truth or insight from averages, from, you know, Twitter mentions, um, you know, you've got to go out and, and do uh, the work. You know, this is one of the big problems in influencer marketing today, where I've had uh, discussions 
with a number of the companies in the in the technology sector of influence marketing where they're really struggling on how to measure this stuff. And the problem is they're all trying to follow social media breadcrumbs. When most of the authority, most of the impact and the influence is coming from something other than Twitter. It might be coming from a blog. It might be coming from standing up and giving a speech. It might be meeting with a group of people at a startup community meeting or something like that. You can't, you can't, know those impacts. You can't know how your marketing is working if all you're doing is staring at a dashboard. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely agree. And, uh, this might go all the way back to my first, you know, comment about this. And that's that it seems that we've forgotten old marketing, <laughs> you know, we've forgotten about, you know, there, there was once a day when you, were uh, developing the strategies and campaigns for your company and you were thinking a year ahead, your results were going to come in after you spent $5 million. You know, you're, you were, you were going to know whether loyalty worked and retention and upsell after two years, you know? And so you were very, very careful to do the research ahead of time because you knew, you knew that that was not just your job, but the future of your business, mm -hmm. you know, that depended on mm -hmm. that so much. And digital, I feel like is so, it's such an instantaneous gratification that people just said, well, why don't we just execute and go? Why don't we just, why don't we just start doing mm -hmm. and see how, see how it goes? And they don't realize that they might actually be doing damage to their brand yeah. that way, yeah, right? Absolutely. And there was an example, um, a friend of mine at a Fortune 100 company was telling me how um, he works for a big pharma company. And um, so they had a targeted email campaign that they wanted to hit. I think it was um, like 800 doctors. So this was a campaign that these, that these doctors would absolutely love. They need this information. And this would be an absolutely... Uh, very a, a value-adding kind of communication they were sending to these doctors. Well, my friend found out that the department that was doing this uh, discovered that their email uh, contract was a flat rate. And it didn't, didn't matter if they sent this email to 800 doctors or 80,000 doctors. Oh, no. So they sent it to 80,000 doctors oh, because, because they could. <laughs> <laughs> so they hit 800 targeted doctors and then spammed 72,000, no, actually 79,200 other doctors got spammed, not realizing wow. that they're thinking, why would this company send me this crap? Just because you can doesn't mean you do. Just because it's yeah. cheap or the technology is available doesn't mean you should do it because you're right, Doug, you have to think about the overall impact on your brand. Yeah. And, and now I'm not knocking digital technologies. One of the things that we had back when we were just doing traditional was a lack of, you know, instantaneous feedback. And so, but these are all clues to putting together the right, you know, the right puzzle. They're not uh, they're but they, they definitely don't cover the entire spectrum of everything. I, I still believe that, great creative marketers, you know, are, are talented because they, 
they do just like you said at the beginning. They're unique. They find and figure out how to do a unique, uh, you know, brand strategy. They, you know, sometimes they bring in influencers and they make it cultural and they, you know, they use word of mouth really, really well. And, and it's something that their, their competitors aren't doing. And that's what, that's what you're after. You're not after what everybody is doing. You're after what is, what are, what are people not doing that we could be doing uh, to differentiate right, ourselves? Exactly. Wow. This is, I, I feel like we could go on forever, Mark. Um, I'm going to have to have, I'm just going to have to have you as a regular on the show. That's, that's yeah. all. <laughs> well, I always, I always, I'll definitely, you know, I'll, I always learn I'll, from I'll you. I definitely have to come back when, when, when the book gets closer because, uh, you know, it's, Ab- it's, absolutely. Still, it's, still, it's still coming together. I don't even have a title for it yet. Well, and it, it sounds like it's going to be a, a perfect, you know, where where uh, outside of known, you know, a lot of your stuff was targeted towards, you know, those marketers. It sounds like this might be the perfect book for a CEO or an entrepreneur, you know, or a startup to really dig into uh, because because I, 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 I just want people to spend a lot more time thinking about their problem than than trying to execute you know, aimlessly on them. In fact, I think it would not only be the perfect book. I think they should probably all buy two books because they all need a backup. (laughs) In case something, (laughs) well, there's always the one in case something would happen to Uh, the first one then they have a backup. I'll tell you what, I, I wind up nowadays, a lot of times I do buy multiple books because I wind up telling somebody about it and, and, and then I wind up buying a version of them. My, uh, the latest that I just finished, and and I, I I've been touting it online, uh, but I read Originals by uh, Adam Grant, mm. and it's a uh, it's into the behavior of the behavior of people at work, and mm. he uses it's all data driven in there and everything else, but some really really incredible s- studies on how illogical our behavior is. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and, but I wound up, I wound up buying two books because there's a friend of mine, uh, Harry Howe, who's a mentor and great guy. And I knew he would love it, you know? So I bought two books, one for him and one for me. Oh, nice. And so same, same thing with yours. I say buy 10 of yours because you're going to find all kinds of people that yeah. need them. Well, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for that. It's, it's known has sold really, really well. And, the, and it's really gone outside the marketing field even, uh, which is, been, yeah. it's, it's been fun. And, and so it should, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you're, if you're a public speaker or if you're a, it doesn't matter if you're building no, houses, no, right? It, 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 you know, it could it could be an advantage for really anybody in in any in any field because if you're known, if someone has some sort of emotional connection to you that they don't have with someone else, you are always going to have an advantage. You're always going to be the one that gets the business, right? Right. And uh, for everybody, of course, it's K-N-O-W-N. You can find it on Amazon. Again, you can go to businessesgrow.com uh, and uh, and absolutely go check out uh, Mark's site. It's just full of absolutely incredible information. His blog is always packed uh, with good stuff. Sign up for uh, his email as I am. Uh, I don't sign up for a lot of emails, by the way, Mark. And yours is one of them that I always Thank enjoy. you. So, so yeah, well, Mark, thanks again for coming out to the show. Any, uh, any parting words for everybody? 
Well, no, just thank you. It's always been uh, a pleasure, and it's always nice being interviewed with somebody by somebody who is, um, you know, familiar with my work. I was interviewed a, a little bit ago by someone that was asking me about my books, and my Twitter book is called The Tao of Twitter, or the Chinese pronunciation is is Dao of Twitter, actually. And the lady said, "Now tell us about the Tao of Twitter." <laughs> <laughs> It's all right to say Tao. It's all right to say Tao, but it's not okay to say Teo. Teo. Teo is the Teo of Twitter. Oh, that is too funny. Oh, but I, I, I had to, I had to keep right. it together on that one. Yeah. I bet. So all right, you, sir. And, and, of, and of course, oh, I should throw one more thing out there. Uh, Mark does this really incredible thing where you can go to a site, click on consulting, and you can buy an hour of his time. Yeah, at, at, a, right? at a low, low price. And, and I just want to give everybody an opportunity to, uh, to talk to me. And if you've got a, you know, a business problem or a marketing problem, you can, we can make a lot of progress in, in, in an hour. That's been, it's, it's, it's been kind so of fun I to do. Yeah, so I will put I will put all of you know obviously the books and the site, and I will put a direct link to that uh, within the show notes, and uh, and be sure to be sure it's a great investment. So thank you so thank much, you Mark. The Martech Interviews podcast is recorded at DK New Media's State of the Art Podcast Studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.